Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Huey Insurance. We have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. Now that's an impressive stat. For a better insurance experience, think Huey. It is NRL Fantasy Podcast time once again. This is our last podcast of the preseason before we have some actual Tuesday team list to delve into next week. Uh, my name's Chris Kennedy. I'm in the studio with Dom Brock. Dom, uh, it's all coming together nicely. G'day CK, it is. Um, just one week to go until the you know, biggest Tuesday of the uh, of the year, Teamless Tuesday for round one. Um, we've already got uh, a pretty good idea of how most teams are going to shape up, uh, we think, next week. A few big injuries on the weekend, um, but yeah, plenty to talk about. We've also had a few little surprises emerge through the trials, which has helped clarify how some teams mm-hmm. may line up, potentially some opportunities there for fantasy, potentially some bad news as well. We'll get to all of that. Um, do we want to go through the trials before we get to the top tens? Sure. Um, you got any particular big talking points out of them? Well, I was up at um, Gosford and there wasn't a great deal of NRL <laughs> talent on show when the uh, the Roosters took on the Sea Eagles. Um, probably, I mean, there was nothing really for the Roosters. The good news was Angus Crichton got through unscathed yep. and he scored a galloping Crichton-esque try on the right edge. So good news for anyone eyeing him off as a keeper. Um, for Manly's point of view, Brendan Elliott started at fullback. Um, he's probably going to get a game or two there until Tom Travojevic comes back, but I wouldn't have him as a cash cow and he certainly won't be there for long enough, you wouldn't think, until Turbo's back anyway. Hawkinson and LG playing off for that spot alongside Cherry Evans. I don't know if that question was really answered in the trial either, but I'm probably expecting LG starting with Hocko on the bench. Yep. Again, not a lot of fantasy opportunity there. Um, I feel like you probably saw a bit more of the trials as a result than I did. Yeah, I saw um, bits of a uh, few games. Um, the big news is probably the injury to Scott Drinkwater at uh, the Storm. He was uh, going to replace Billy Slater at fullback. A uh, bit of a hopeful fantasy gun potentially he he's only played one game in the NRL so far so he could be a you know anything could be 50, 50 point scorer but he won't be for a few months because uh he's sidelined so that uh resulted in a few trade outs for people who had him otherwise there wasn't a lot on the injury front it looked like Josh Dugan picked up an injury again <laughs> early against the Knights but it was a head knock and he's all right yep. by all accounts um so otherwise it was more just you know positional stuff a few impressive performances um at the Broncos, Alex Glenn was the star, scored a hat-trick. Um, he's not really fantasy relevant, but it means guys like David Fafita now have a tougher time getting into that starting uh, second row. Uh, Matt Gillett was back at lock. Tavita Pankai Jr. will return at lock, we expect, um, a few weeks into the season. So not great news there for David Fafita's prospects. Um, otherwise, there weren't a lot of... Um, you know, results that changed my mm. fantasy views and many things. I mean, Bryce Cartwright had a pretty decent game for the Titans. <laughs> we pretty much ruled him out last week. Um, he's not going to be starting, we expect, when Ryan James gets back uh, from injury. So, you know, Cartwright fans have something to crow mm. about there, but uh, we'll wait and see how the team lists look on Tuesday. Apparently he actually made 40 tackles. He made 40 tackles. I mean, he's done that before, back in his Panthers days, but he always misses a few as well. Um you know, minutes is going to be his big thing, and then and then that missed tackle count and errors and those problems that have plagued him the last couple of years um, as well. Um, Jordan Kahu has pretty much locked up that fullback spot at the Cowboys. We've kind of seen it coming since he joined them. A yep. uh, bit of a cash cow, but um, and we think Jerome Hughes is going to be the uh, drink water replacement at the Storm, who's not super cheap either. So yeah, mm. not a lot of huge options that we didn't already have an idea about before last weekend. 
Drinkwater was in heaps of teams. It's a very expensive for a one gamer, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. If he was a lot cheaper, he'd be a, a must-have um, with his potential. But mm. I think people just saw a potential massive scorer at a sub forty break-even, um, and were optimistic. But yeah, Torn Peck, he's out for a few months. Mm. Corey Allen a hat trick, so yep. surely he's in for round one. <laughs> I mean, if he starts, he'll be in a lot of teams. Um, he's got a chance of getting in that wing spot at Souths. Uh, but yeah, he scored. His fantasy scores would have been primarily through those tries, and you can't bank on a hat trick every week. Well, you've got at Souths, um, GI Alex Johnston, yep. Dane Gagai, uh, Campbell Graham are all absolute certainties for the the back five, which yep. leaves one spot. Who's next in line for that? Is it Braden Burns or? Yeah, well, Burns is um, yeah signed to deal with them mm. recently as well. So and, and got he's got the experience and. And he's a specialist, you know, slanish centre slash winger, whereas Alan's more of a fullback, we understand, um, in the lower grade. So, yeah, that's a bit of a, a race. Burns played in the centres, I think, on the mm. weekend. I actually think he's a better centre than he is a winger, Braden yeah. Burns. He's the, um, the times I've seen him and, and thought this kid's going to be really good is when he's actually playing centre. Yeah, so, I don't know, we'll see what happens on Tuesday. Um, hopefully for fantasy coaches, Alan gets named there, but um, yeah, don't expect mm. hat-tricks every week. Wayne Bennett did come out and basically completely shut down the prospect of Corey Allen playing round one. He said he's not in the frame, there's other yep. blokes ahead of him, but it's probably important to note that what Wayne says in the media and <laughs> what is does. actually the truth, it's not always the same thing. It's not, it's not that he's dishonest, it's just that everything he says is with a view to what's best for his team and protecting his players rather than giving us in the media the full picture on what's going on. So he may or may not be in the frame. He may be telling the truth, but um, the reason Wayne is saying that, I assume, is to sort of keep the youngster out of the spotlight rather than um, whether or not he's actually going to play. Yeah, and we've seen in other years, like last year, um, round one, the teams that get named on Tuesday, um, a few changes you can expect between that and the actual game starting. So if... Allen or a lot of, you know, whatever youngster you're looking at for round one uh, gets named in the extended bench in the 21 anywhere, then he's going to be a chance of playing. So, yeah, important to keep an eye on the uh, late mail next week as well as the Tuesday team list. Shall we dive into some top tens for the week? Let's go for it. So we start off with the centres. Um, tenth most popular centre at 8% is uh, Storm's Tom Eisenhuth. What can you tell me yeah, about it's, young It's Tom not Tom. a strong lo- start to this uh, top ten <laughs> list, is it? Um He's a rookie, he's cheap, he's named at centre in fantasy. Uh, he's not going to play as far as I can tell, so not a great buy. I'm not really sure why he's in a lot of teams. People are just looking for cheapies, I guess. So um, I think at this point, unless they have a lot of injuries, one to avoid. I will not be starting him in my squad. Uh, number nine is Roosters back Joseph Manu, who was absolutely sensational in NRL terms through the back end of last year. Not explosive in fantasy terms but extremely high quality on the field is it do we think potentially um people are looking at him as being underpriced based on a quiet start to the year yeah i think that's what it is um at first i thought it was another one of those buys by people who don't play fantasy much but looking at his numbers there there is an argument there his break even is 32 so he's not super cheap but he was electric as you said uh, in the second half of last season, he averaged 45 in the um, after Origin in that run home, and the Roosters really started to click all over the field. So if he keeps doing that, then he's he's really good value and a keeper. So um, a bit to like there. And uh, coming in at eighth is uh, one of a couple of Sharks players who are dual position second row as centres. Someone I hadn't looked at at all really until the um, the final trials, but it's Britton Nakora. 
Yeah, so he's had a good preseason. Uh, he's gotten himself into the starting side in the last trial on the weekend uh, in the second row. He's available uh, at centre. Um, these are all very similar to the next player we're going to name in this list. Um, key thing is really cheap. So uh, dual position, centre, playing back row, base price. There's a lot to like there, as long as he holds that spot. So mm. there is a bit of competition uh, for second row spots at Cronulla, um, Sorensen, Bakuya, these guys. Um, but the key thing we've mentioned a few times this year is that Wade Graham's injured for first half of the season. Luke Lewis is retired, so two spots are up for grabs and Britton Nakora looks like possibly getting one of them for round one. At that price and at your position, he could probably still be a buy even if he's on the uh, on the bench because he's going to, you'd think, make some money either exactly. way. Exactly. Even if he starts the first few games and then gets benched, he could still score enough in those games. You know, if he gets a few 30s, that's all he needs to make a decent coin. Rinse and repeat for number seven is Kurt Capewell in 13% of teams. Basically the same deal, but a bit more experienced and a bit more uh, on the price tag. Yeah, not as cheap, but um, has a bit of experience. Um, he scored really well in fantasy before. Uh, he seems a much safer bet for that second row spot, you know, probably the whole season. So, yeah. um, again, really, really solid option. Almost certainly starting, you'd have to think, uh, Kurt Capewell. And even probably still, like you said, when, when Wade Graham comes yeah. back, he could be one of the top two. Number six, a very talented player, uh, Katoni Staggs at Brisbane in 17% of teams. I feel like we've spoken about him before, but basically he's one of those ones, if he starts, then buy him. If he doesn't, then don't. Exactly. He's another one of these second row slash centre guys, but unlike the previous two guys we've mentioned, uh, he's not going to be starting in the second row for Brisbane. Next week, he'll be their bench utility. He probably won't score many points. I would not be buying Katoni Staggs at this stage. An exciting youngster and another shark in fifth is Bronson Sherry in 22% of teams. has been explosive through the trials. Yeah. It just depends if he gets the spot in round one. Exactly. He looks great. He's probably going to be a really good fantasy scorer if he gets a game, especially at the centres. Um, if Josh Dugan actually did get a serious injury in the weekend, then Sherry was probably going to be in for round one, but uh, he didn't. So at, at this stage, I'd probably expect Sherry to not get named, maybe in the 21 somewhere, but not in the starting team. Uh, Sione Katoa has probably got that wing spot, which is his most likely chance of getting a run, unless they shift Dugan to the wing or something. But yeah, round one, I think he's probably a bit of a long shot. So um, is there is there any value in picking him anyway, es expecting him to get a run at some point this season? Well, I mean, with Dugan's injury history yeah. and, um, you know, even Sione Katoa was, you know, I think what he really hurt himself yeah. in round one last year, a yep. broken jaw Missed or something. A so a bunch of weeks, yep. Um, yeah, there's. You'd have to think he's next cab off the rank, especially with guys who can play both centre and wing in that um, back line. So it's probably not a, a waste of a spot. He, you know, Shane Flanagan. I know he's not the coach anymore, but he said last year that Sherry definitely would have debuted had he mm. been old enough. But yep. he was struck out by the um, 18 years cut off. Um, so I'd be amazed if he doesn't debut this year at some point. So yeah, it's probably not the the silliest idea. But in general, I prefer to have everyone playing round one who's in the in the squad. Yep. Um, move on to number four, Jordan Carr, who you touched on earlier, 25%. His ownership has increased, and um, look, he's pretty much got the fullback spot sewn up. I actually didn't realise until the top 30s um, were updated this week, but Carlin uh, Anderson's actually a development player up there, mm. not a not a top 30, who I would have thought would have been one of the um, points of competition for that number one spot, which is probably now Carr who's to lose with someone like you know Ben Hampton, potentially yeah, exactly. the, the next choice. Yeah, and even if Hampton uh, moved to fullback, that frees up a spot at centre, so Kahu's a good chance of playing there. So his chances of starting in that back line look very good. Fullback is a pretty good scoring position in fantasy. Um, Kahu hasn't been a massive scorer in the mm. past, only scored uh, about 19 points a game last year, which is why he's fairly cheap, but um, he had scored in the high 20s before that, low 30s in um, 
previous years. So a lot to like there. He can kick goals. Um, base that should be pretty good. So, yeah, pr- pretty solid buy for 30 points a week, you'd hope, um, for, you know, not a lot of money. At number three is the only real primo on the list, Latrell Mitchell in 26% of teams. Yeah, he was awesome last year, obviously. Um, it was a bit of, it was his breakout year. He wasn't that expensive to start the season after a up and down 2017. Um, but yeah, awesome player last year. Uh, you get what you pay for, basically. Break even 45. He doesn't come cheap, but he's probably going to keep scoring 40s and 50s. Um, the Roosters have the best team on paper in the comp. He's going to get a lot of try scoring chances. So a lot to like if you have the cash to spend. I did buy him last year about round eight or round 10. He promptly had, promptly had his worst score of the year, and then he got an even worse score about two weeks later. So I was cursing myself, but I stuck solid and enjoyed a few eventually. good scores. He started great, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number two, Jack Bird in 33% of teams, extremely cheap given the potential that we know he does have. Yeah, a bit like Kahu in that he's scored well in the past but not last year. Um, Bird's a weird one because he was great. He really burst in the scene that first that rookie season at the Sharks. Mm. Um, Playing more 5'8", I think. More, yeah, exactly, and scored mid forty straight away. Was a great cash cow that year um, and then uh, has had injuries, a couple of lean seasons. Um, he was really quiet last year in, his, in the games he played uh, for the Broncos. So, yeah, he's cheap. It's really just a, a gamble about whether he scores 30 and up rather than just mid-20s. His break-even's 19, so he's cheap. But if he get, gets your scores of 23, 24, he's really not worth it. So, I don't know. Is he in your squad at this stage? Uh, he is at the moment. If he starts in the centres in round one, I definitely see some upside there. And there's just a, a bit of a shortage on value centers it's not it's probably the the number one spot where you don't want to bust the bank and you just yeah, want some exactly. 30 you know mid 30 scorers that aren't going to break the bank so yeah i think he's a, a pretty smart buy and in number one spot a guy who probably should be in every team is uh dragons rookie zach lomax 43 percent of coaches own him yeah he's a center he's a star of the future it looks like he's going to play on the wing for the dragons which isn't really his position but he's such a talent he could score well anyway um I didn't really get a look of how he played on the weekend, but um, you know he'll, he'll only grow in that position. He's very young, uh, very cheap. Yeah, I think I think get him. Is, is he available in both centre and winger fullback? Yeah, his dual yeah. position. And I'm I've said this before, but I really think Ewan Aitken is a long way from being a, a yeah. guaranteed starter week to week for for Paul McGregor, who um, I think uh, wants to see a bit more out of Ewan Aitken, who um, was legitimately in line for a potential blue spot. Um, yeah. Round eight or ten last year, and has has dropped off a little bit. So, um, could potentially see Zach Lomax in his preferred centre position at some point in the the first half of the year. Beautiful. Let's uh, get cracking on the top ten most popular wingers fullbacks. We'll start off number ten, a guy who's in eleven percent of teams but should be in zero percent is <laughs> Eels back Bevan French. Yeah, I mean he's been entertaining to watch in the past. He's never mm. been a fantasy option really. Um, can score a try, he's not really going to get a run in that Eels back line we're expecting mm. in round one, so that should uh, see his ownership drop a lot. Um, yeah, it's a no from me. I'll, uh, he's one of my favourite players to talk to. He's yeah. just an absolutely lovely, lovely, lovely kid, Bevan French. I have a huge opinion of him, but from fantasy terms, he's um, even when he's playing well, he doesn't score well. He's one of those, you know, even at fullback, he's not one of those guys who gets a lot of metres. He's not a big hit-up guy. He's a great instinctive player, wonderful finisher, can find a try, but the games where he doesn't score a try, you're looking at potentially single digits. Yep. He's not a huge tackle buster, a huge metre-getter, and even at a break-even of 16, um, even if he sews up a wing spot, there's no guarantee he even really improves on that. So I would uh, definitely be looking elsewhere. Yep. Um, 
Also, Jermaine Izarko in 11%. Um, a bit of upside, maybe? Not maybe. Really. I mean, he's a good player. He was great last year as a rookie. Um, he's break-even's 36, so, you know, he's got to be all mm. out to hit that. Um, was terrific on the weekend for the Broncos. Set up the pretty much match-winning try with a huge run from inside his own half. Uh, kicked a field goal at the end as well. Uh, so, a quality player. Could be a fullback um, in the certainly in the years to come at Brisbane when uh, Darius Boyds moves on. But, yeah, right now, I think you kind of get what you pay for it at mm. his price, and he's not a real massive superstar like a Tedesco. So, yeah, I prefer to go cheaper or, or better. Yeah, I'm the same. Number eight, uh, Storm try scorer Josh Adokar in 12% of teams. Again, awesome player. More of a, a star in real life than he is in fantasy. He had a pretty good fantasy uh, run last year, but he scored so many tries and... Mm. Uh, it's hard to see him, you know, do better as a try scorer this year than he did last year. Um, even if he matches it, again, you're not really getting an a elite fantasy scorer and you're not getting someone at, at value. So, yeah, better options. Yeah, heavily reliant on tries and he got a lot of them last year, I agree. Better value elsewhere. Number seven, Roger Tuovasa-Shek, the LEM medalist. Roger Tuovasa-Shek in 18% of teams. Yeah, so he's potentially one of the top three winger fullbacks this year. Um he, again, he's not cheap. He's been a. There was one year at the Roosters where he made 250 meters a game or mm. some outrageous uh, uh, number. Uh, he was first season at fullback, I think, after many. It was, yeah, retired, exactly. Yeah. Um, he's been pretty good at the Warriors. Last year was his best year. He did win the Dally M. So it's hard to you know see someone improving significantly on a Dally M winning season. Um, again, he's probably one I'd probably go for a Tedesco or a Tommy Turbo if he mm. wasn't injured. Uh, rather than him, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, you're not going to go backwards, I think, with RTS. Sean Johnson's not there, so he's an even bigger, you yeah. know, more important strike weapon at the Warriors this season, so maybe there's some upside there. Yeah, I, I don't see a lot of upside, but you're yeah, basically paying for a primo and getting a primo. Yep. Number six, uncapped manly teenager Albert Hopawati in 18% of teams. Uh, is he going to play, do we think? He's not going to play. Um, Certainly at the start of the season, um, yeah. there are issues about his age. I think he may have been carrying an injury as well. Um, Coming back off a knee injury, and he's only just turned eighteen. So. Exactly, yeah. So, and the fact they named—I mean, if he got na- if he played on the weekend mm. at the fullback instead of Brennan Elliott, then everyone would be snapping him up. Um, he hasn't he hasn't played a trial. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, a long way off, I think. But I mean, potential when he does get a run. Um, his highlight reels, if you can find him on the internet, uh, mm. terrific. Real tackle breaker, um, big, fast. You know, perfect kind of fantasy type player, but he's got to play first. So I would not have him in my team as yet, but keep an eye on him later on this season. Same, same. Uh, number five, James Tedesco, 25%. Uh, he's in my team as one of my few real top-tier primos, and I think we all agree that no reason he can't be just as good as last year, if not fractionally better. Yeah, same. So he um, he started last year a little quiet, as the Roosters did in general. Uh, it was his first year at the Roosters, then hadn't quite clicked with Cronk and Cleary and Kiri in uh, round one, but um, by the end of the year, he was reeling off big scores. I think he averaged 60 in the run home. Yep. Uh, awesome player. Gets heaps of tackle breaks, um, playing in that best, you know, back line in the comp. Uh, a lot to like. You know, the, if you had to guess that someone's going to get 80 or 90 in round one, he'd probably be my guess. You know, he could also get 30 because he's a fullback, but um, a lot of scoring potential there. He's probably going to be in my team in round one as well. Uh, number four, a dual position player who was in the previous list, Jordan Kahu, 25% of teams. Yeah, we pretty much covered him. Yep. 
Good value there. Bit of upside. Uh, number three, talked about him at the top, Corey Allen, 25% of teams. Certainly a talent. Yeah, again, you'd want him playing fullback rather than wing. And as we were saying, Bennett said he won't be playing uh, anywhere in round one. So, um, yeah, really only name, you know, pick him in your team if he does get named to play. Uh, that South's back line's pretty good. So if he does play on the wing, he can get a few tries. Yeah, it's sure. price. So, you know, upside when he does play. We saw all the, um, the, the mountain of tries that Robert Jennings got yeah. last season without. He's obviously a good player, but a lot of that he didn't have to do a, a great exactly. deal for it as well, just because the, um, you know, the South's attack and their, their back line was so stacked. Yep. Number two, feels like he's been the talk of the preseason. Callum Ponger in 32% of teams, still um, dual positions. So it's a bit of flexibility there. Flexibility's good. He's obviously a terrific player. Um, we're still to see if five eighth is his best position. We think fantasy wise, he'll go backwards a little at five eighth without those yep. uh, run meters and kick meters uh, that he piled up as a fullback last year. So I'd be avoiding. He's pretty expensive as well. Um, at the very least, I'd wait and see how he goes. I mean, the best case scenario for fantasy might be that he struggles a bit at five eighth mm. and then gets switched back to fullback after five, ten, fifteen rounds, and then everyone picks him up then for you know on the cheap. So yeah, one to get later. You know, if that happens, number one spot. He was uh, his dual position. He was top of the previous <laughs> list at Zach Lomax. Just get him in your team. Yeah, nice and simple. Bye. Easy done. We'll wrap up with a few questions from the old Twitter box. Um, there were a few. Brad Hinchco asks: uh, settling an argument with a friend is Sean Lane a potential keeper? I can see an argument he might not be right now, but do you see that potentially changing at any point this year? Well, he was Manly's top try scorer last year, I think with 11 tries, which, I mean, he, he did score a nice try, opportunistic try against Penrith in the, the final tr um, trial. He could probably bag a few more through the season, but in terms of upside, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so his break-even's around 40. Um, he should be a pretty much locked in for big minutes mm. uh, at Parramatta. Uh, whether he's a keeper, I mean, that, that requires a jump to at least 50 points a game, which is... I mean, yeah. if you want him, you want him for, um, yeah, more as a cash cow, I think. If he scores 48 or something, then he'll make a bit of cash. To be a keeper in the second row, you want to score probably more than 50. I mean, yeah. the real elite players, Tom Alolo, Jake Trebovich, these kind of guys get 55 and up. So, um, yeah, probably not quite a keeper in the second row for me. Mm. A bit of upside there. I don't think he's quite cheap enough to make him a... A yep. great buy, but um, you know, we'll see how it goes. His spot certainly looks safe because Manu Mau's now out until yeah, about round five definitely. or six, and Tepai Moroa appears to now be a, a middle forward rather than an edge forward, so he could be the number one um, edge forward at the club for the next six or so rounds. Um, Alessandro Taloka asks, who are the best options out of the Cronulla? Second rowers, Capewell, Sorensen, and Nakora. I mean, Depends probably, who starts. Two starts <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Nakora's... Um, Super cheap, and mm. he's started on the trial. If he starts, then I think you almost have to have him, dual position as well. Uh, Sorensen, sorry, Capewell, as we've said, is probably uh, the safest bet. Um, we're pretty certain he will start. So, uh, yeah, I reckon get both those guys probably if, um, if yeah. they're both named. Uh, Sorensen's played a bit as well. Um, he yeah. had some flashes in fantasy. He did. Sorensen, he got injured at the wrong times, but um, I think he sucked a lot of people in. A lot of people snapped him up because he had a good start to last season and then got injured. Or well, I think he had a good game and then he had a quiet score with a head knock and then he came back and broke his hand. So it was a real one of those just sucker punches for fantasy coaches that you can't really see coming. Uh, Killian Amini asks: Is Shannon Boyd a cash cow and is Joe Stimson still good? 
Uh, Shannon Boyd is the wrong kind of player for fantasy. Um, big impact guy, but doesn't play big minutes. So I would say no. Joe Stimson, well, look, I may have gotten <laughs> a little excited about him last week and then he got named, not even on the in the four, four reserves, he got named in Jersey 19 for the Storms trial team. Um, I'm still holding out hope he gets named to start mm. next week. Um, that was the trajectory he was on last season. Worked his way into the starting team, started in the grand final. I still think he'll start, but I'm less confident than I was a week ago. Surely, I, t- I don't see Kenny Bromwich being the starting. Obviously, Felice Kafusi's got the right edge wrapped up, yeah. but is Kenny Bromwich the answer? Or? Well, he's the only real contender right now, isn't it? And mm. uh, and I think Stimson's a yeah a better starter. Bromwich has been a bench player primarily and can cover a few spots in the middle. But yeah, I still would expect Stimson to start. Um, if he does start, I still think he's a buy. Um, but yeah, there's a few question marks now after that last trial team list. Wait for uh, wait for this Tuesday's teams and see what happens. Tom yep. Hemingway asks: Is Jack Hetherington worth picking up if he starts for Kickout, even only for a few weeks? The few weeks thing is the tricky bit there. How long are we expecting Kickout to miss? Not many. Yeah, yeah I think three two or three, four, possibly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Hetherington might not even play that many before he gets suspended. So. <laughs> he hasn't got a great record <laughs> with the judiciary, Hetherington. Um, yeah, he seems pretty risky to me. Even if he gets a couple of 40s to start with, Kickout can come back, can play big minutes himself. And then it's just a, a big question mark on how much game time Hetherington gets. He makes a few errors and penalties as well. So, uh, yeah, be, bit of a risk for mine. Uh, Sirhan asks the pros and cons of having Fafita as opposed to Tapao. The two very clearly gun out and out, you know, fantasy primos in the, the front row position. I prefer Fafita. There's not a great deal between them. Yeah, Fafita's a little better. Um, I think he's been good for longer to power. Really, the last year, year and a half, he's been a, a dead set fantasy gun. Before that, he's had patches where he's been really good and um, then quiet patches, whereas Fafita's been a fantasy star for years and years. Um, to power's a little bit cheaper and is dual position. Fafita's just available in the front row, so uh, that flexibility helps mm. to Powell's um, prospects a bit. But second row, there were a lot of second rowers available this year, a lot of cheap ones as well. F- front row is the harder spot to fill, so whoever you pick, you're probably going to f- be starting him up front anyway. Yeah. So I prefer Fafita as well, but you can't really go wrong with either of them. Correct. Benno asks thoughts on Ryan Madison, Nathan Tolman, Dylan Napper, Matt Gillett, Sam Burgess, and Tavita Pango's hamstrings. A lot of players to mention. Oh, so not them, mention. just their hamstrings. <laughs> just the yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, well, Pango's hamstrings have been a bit of a issue for him already in his brief career. Uh, it's turned me off him. I mean, he's going to miss this. Yeah, it scared me off as well. Round one anyway. I did have him in the, um, the early teams, but he's phased his way out now. Yep. Um, the others, Madison's uh, fairly popular Cash cow option, I don't know if he's, well, you know, slightly underpriced, yeah. uh, high-scoring option. I'm not sure if there's enough upside there to convince me. Uh, Tolman and Napa could both improve a lot um, as the Bulldogs forwards this year. Tolman, I think I prefer just because Napa's a bit like a Shannon Boy type, mm. more of um, limited minutes and big impact, but not a huge worker yep. like Tolman is. Gillett, uh, there is definitely upside. It's just a big question over he's coming back from... Serious neck injury. Uh, and Sam Burgess was all right in the weekend. He played quite well, mm. apart from a high tackle. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit rash. Um, yeah, he was, he's going to play 80 minutes, we expect, in the second row. I think so, yeah. I've been up and down. Um, I don't know. Are you, are you considering a Sam Burgess? I was considering him. Um, I think he was in my original 
uh, mock-up team before even the you know move to the edge was confirmed he is I mean knowing how good he's been at fantasy in the past the price tag is kind of appealing but mm-hmm. it's been a couple of years since he was really that out and out primo and yeah like we said judiciary record can be a bit of an issue I've gone I've, yeah flip-flopped a bit back and forth he's currently not in my team but I, I do see the appeal um Dylan asks thoughts on Nick Meany Charles Nickel Clockstat Brett Morris and Jordan Carr who is cash cows can take two um, I think of those nickel clock stats in my team currently just because he's likely to be a fullback and um, is fairly cheap. But they, they all have appeal. Yeah, they do. Um, same with me with nickel clock stat. Um, who are the others again? There was Beemore's Kahu and Nick Meany. Yeah, so Kahu's probably the other one. Um, he's pretty cheap, cheaper than the other two guys. Uh, Beemore's, you know, winger, he's not crazy cheap. He was great in the World Club Challenge, but mm. it's got to rely on uh, tries as well as his run meters yeah. improving a lot. He's not young either, so... Discussed previously, I think he was a 40 plus player in 2015, but that was you know, a few years ago now. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and Meany's also a bit of a gamble. I don't think he's um, particularly cheap. Uh, he's very quick, showed some promise at Newcastle, but I prefer the other two guys out yep. of those four. Same. Um, Tom Hemingway, thoughts on Leeson Armour being a potential underpriced keeper? Is his, are his minutes expected to change if he gets a starting role at the Warriors? Yeah, he hasn't been talked about a lot, but he has moved from being a bench forward at the had a pretty stacked Dragons uh, pack to being probably the best prop at the Warriors this season. Mm. Um, yeah, the issue is about whether his minutes goes up because of that. I think he's played around four-year game. I'd have to check. Uh, in the past, the Warriors, it could go up further, but I think the Warriors usually just play all their props for around 40 or no more mm. than 40. So it's a bit of a gamble to expect his minutes to go up to 55 or something. Um, he does score really well when he's on the field. It's just, as I say, minutes. Is, you're really hoping for his minutes to go up to 55 and there's no guarantee that happens. Yeah, better uh, value elsewhere for me. Villan asks, would Jacob Host get a starting spot? Is he a go or a no-go? We were all hoping for um, Luciano Leilua, weren't yeah, we? We were, but Host is uh, cheaper, I believe. Um, mm. And he did start on the weekend um, with Tyson Frizzell moving to lock for the Dragons, covering Jack DeBellin. Um Look, if he starts, you've got to consider it. The The tricky thing there is that they've got uh, Corbin Sims. Corbin, yeah. Uh, now at this club, suspended for the first two games. Um, he's a middle. He wants to play lock. Um, the opportunity is there now with DeBellin out indefinitely. So there's every chance that even if Host plays round one and two uh, on an edge, round three, Corbin comes in at lock and Frizzell moves back to the second row. Exactly. And uh, Host disappears. So, yeah, it's a risk. He's cheap. It probably depends on, I mean, if, if you need to fill a, a bench spot and you're running out of options, he's not a bad one. He could score quite well in those first two rounds, but you really want him hanging around, ideally in the starting team, at worst getting still decent minutes on the bench um, after that for him to be worth buying. Yeah, it's a no for me. Paul Burns asks, thoughts on Danny Levi and Nick Meany in the 17. Um, Danny Levi is guaranteed to have a bench utility to contend with, yeah. whether that's Kurt Mann or if, even if Kurt Mann gets hurt, it's a Jamie Bure or someone, so yeah. I don't really see much yeah. appeal there. Levi's a no-go for me, yep. I think. Uh, Nick Meany we've covered. Um, Hayuga, I think I'm saying that right, asks, yeah, who's more likely to score more points through the year between Braley and Marnie? I assume that's Jaden Braley and Reed Marnie. Um, same question between Dylan Napper and Jack Hetherington. I think if it's either Braley, it's going to be Marnie. Marnie, at least, is a better chance of playing 80 minutes each week. Mm. Um, the Sharks have three pretty good hookers now with Seguiaro, uh signing on. So I think 
Uh, Marnie's the best one there. Who was the second matchup? Hetherington and... And Dylan Napa. Uh, well, Napa's position's a lot safer. Yeah. Um, I don't like either of those two for fantasy, but I'd take Napa out of the two just because he was sort of getting 30-odd minutes at the Roosters last year, yep. and he's going to be one of the main men at the Dogs exactly. this year. Yep. Um, Thomas wants to know who we should choose between Jake Travojevic, Jason Tamalolo, Marty Tapao, and Andrew Fafita. Um, I'm, I think we're both a bit cool on Tamalolo this year, aren't we? But the rest are all... Yeah. I mean, they're all good. Tamalolo, it's, we don't know where he's going to play, if it's going to be middle or... With Maguire going up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, you can't really do wrong. I think the main thing is that, as I said, uh, good front rowers are pretty lean on the ground this season, so you want to prop... Uh, ideally, um, so I'd, I'd lean towards Fafita or Tapao for that reason. You can really, there's a lot of good second rowers, so I'd wait till later to get Jake and Tomalola into your team. Uh, I'm starting with Jake, but otherwise I agree. Rihanna Haybor asks, can you guys share your thoughts around Cam Murray's minutes since the arrival of Ethan Lowe? Bit worried now. Don't be worried. <laughs> Don't be worried. Cam- Cameron Murray is going to be awesome this year. <laughs> if he scores, if he plays 50 or 55 minutes, he'll score 50 or 55 points a game. Uh, yeah, rock solid. Yeah, I've got him as well. Uh, Kyle asks thoughts on John Bateman potential. Certainly a good player. Yeah, a lot of potential to be a, a gun uh, fantasy scorer, particularly because he's available uh, in the centres. He plays both centre and second row. Um, he's not cheap is the only issue, so the centres we ran through earlier, um, there are, were a few other dual position guys who are cheaper, um, So I think, and Bateman hasn't played a game yet mm. in the NRL, so... I'd wait and see how he goes. He might be, I mean, he might be the centre that you want, want in your team, you know, for the run home at the end of the season. But in the meantime, I think you're better off getting cheaper guys to make some money and then upgrade to him later on if he does end up scoring 45 points a game. Yeah, just so many forwards at Canberra at the moment. You need yeah. him being a big minute second rower. You've got Elliot Whitehead on one edge and guys like, you know, Tarpany and yeah. you know, Luke Bateman and all the other guys. So, um, yeah, I think there's probably too few too many question marks at the moment. Um, Sadio Klopp asks how big of a risk is it to have Dylan Brown as a starting halfback or Reed Marnie as a starting hooker? I'm okay with both of those. Mm. Um, Brown looks like I would guess he'd score well. I think both will score 40 points a game, yep. um, maybe a little more. Um, assuming, you know, if you've got if you've got Marnie starting hooker, you want to be spending big somewhere else to have a captain or two. You'd need a Fafita or a Jake exactly. Trojevic or someone. As you, One of those guys, but... Um, Assuming you've spent that money elsewhere, then yeah, I'm okay with having both those guys in my playing 17. Yeah, I've got Dylan Brown as a starting half. I've got Reed Money as a bench hooker, which I think is probably the ideal spot for him. But like you said, you probably can afford to have him starting if you've got the money stacked elsewhere. Yep. Um, Stephen Johnson, Damien Cook, set and forget for hooker. Um, yeah, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he will be set and forget if you do buy him, but yeah. um, we expect him to probably drop a little bit cost so much money there are other options uh he's not a bad buy but i think there are better ones yep agree um many many questions this week that about wraps us up um good potty the last one before the team list so we will be back next week to talk through the biggest team list tuesday of the year thanks for joining us we'll see you then